Welcome to the Yellow Family Podcast with Tom and Michael. Enjoy the show. Good evening, everyone. Tom and Michael, back for another Yellow Family, the show that, just like Pokemon Go, you stopped caring about several weeks ago. <laughs> well, I'm still very much enjoying Pokemon Go. I plan to catch them all, very much so. But, Michael, 10th episode in tonight. I'm surprised we made it this far. But 10th episode means 10 times the fun, 10 times more laughter, and, of course, 10 times more technical blunders on your half. Yeah, thanks, Tom. And Pokemon <laughs> links up nicely to tonight's episode of the week, chosen by our special guest of the week, Ms. Lauren Klein. She's the radio trainer here, a producer at Channel 31, and a fantastic broadcaster. That's right, Michael. Two female guests in a row. A big thumbs up for our show on gender diversity. Props to you for organising that one, as you were. I do very little in the role of setting up things for the show. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And thanks for being here, Tom. And Lauren, you've brought us this week's episode of the week, which is... Season 10, episode 23, 30 minutes over Tokyo. Tom, beat the intro very quickly, one sentence summary. The Simpsons go to Japan. That's probably your best one ever, Tom. All things Japan and The Simpsons coming up straight after this. It's The Yellow Family with Tom and Michael. Michael, I've realised in the last couple of weeks we've had far less technical blunders. Yeah, we have. On your half. It's very difficult for me to make technical blunders because I mostly just sit here. Yeah. You're, you're in control of the panel. Again, thanks for showing up tonight and all the other everything weeks. else. <laughs> You've sorted out the intro and outro music. Now it's That was flawless. a big issue with us for a while. <laughs> I think I owe you at least some credit. Um, you really sorted yourself out and, you know... You usually job. look at me really smugly whenever I make a mistake on this show. Like, I'm slaving away here over the panel, and you just give me this disappointed look, look every time I screw up. Somebody has to give you the disappointed look. Lauren isn't going to give you the disappointed look. <laughs> I'm doing you a favour. Yeah, and, and speaking of Lauren, um, let's meet our guest. It's Miss Lauren Klein. Um, she's a fantastic broadcaster, producer, radio person. Um, in fact, she came to the studio tonight with a with a mu- massive batch of notes covered in highlighter. Very that intimidating shows, for us. Shows how organised <laughs> she is. Um, and she has an absolutely amazing radio voice. So, Lauren, oh how are what you? What an intro. <laughs> I feel that the rest of the show will not live up to this intro. But thank you. I'm really, really excited to be here. I'm just going to insert some Japanese here. Totemo tanoshi, which is very happy, very right. fun. Oh, well, we're, Lovely we're that on. as well. <laughs> um, Tom, Big ditto from us. You meet the guests shortly before the show. Any first impressions of Lauren other than her preparedness? Ooh, big preparedness did Being shock assessed me. live on air. <laughs> we do Goodness. grill the guests very thoroughly here on the she Yellow Family. She was my uh, teacher when I did learn to be a radio presenter. She's yes. responsible for what I have become. And clearly, Lauren <laughs> has not done the best job here, if we've heard Tom on the past few weeks. But I guess that's how you said to me before the show, how the teacher has become the student tonight on the Yellow Family. In a way, it is that. But Lauren, as tradition on this show, we do throw to the guest at this point to basically ask, what is your history with The Simpsons as a series? And why have you chosen tonight's episode of the week, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo? Sure. Um, Growing up, I lived in a household with uh, a parent and a grandmother, and we only had one television in the house. So it was very competitive to choose what was going to be on the TV. Grandma usually had top priority and a lot of the gardening shows we're talking. Burke's Backyard. Oh, Burke's Backyard was a killer for Friday 7.30. It really was. (laughs) Uh, But thankfully, The Simpsons was usually scheduled for 6 o'clock Channel 10, being very specific here. And I 
think like just afterwards was like a current affairs and grandma used to love watching that. So sometimes I would sneak in and just like watch maybe the intro and then suddenly she'd be like, nope, it's time to switch over. And the but- intro is one of the best parts, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, it really is. It's, as soon as you hear, you see those, cl- those clouds parting, you see that yellow font, you know that I've you're in for needed. a good, you're in for a good time. Um, and, and why tonight's episode, 30 Minutes Over Tokyo? I actually have an amazing story about this episode. So in 2007, I had a, went over to Japan for a year uh, to live with a, with a Japanese host family. And the eve of my departure from Australia, this episode came on Channel 10. And I felt like this was just what I was to expect Destiny. when I went to it's Japan. And as we will discuss later this evening, we'll probably be picking apart the, the bits of the episode about what is actually true in this episode and what has just been made up. But I have to say, a lot of this episode I encountered while I was in Japan. So there's definitely some truth in there, but a lot of exaggeration Yeah, as both well. you and Michael have actually been to Japan yeah. very recently and in the last year or so. And we will we'll chat a bit, bit about that later. I will just say, yeah, Lauren, when I first met you, one of the first things you said to me was that you were like, hey, I'm Lauren, and I'm a huge fan of Japan. And I was like, <laughs> me too. What an oh intro. Oh, my God. Great intro. When I first told you about the Yellow Family about a year ago when I was, like, developing this show, you said to me, you were very sceptical towards <laughs> to me. You were like, what are you so going to talk about on you? Were. What are you going to talk about it on it? Yeah, many people were, as Tom said. Um, but, like, thank you so much for coming on. Um, oh, I'm so... Such a pleasure to be here. I have been so excited to come on. And listen, you, you, you mentioned earlier that I was was sceptical earlier, but listen, you have completely broken down my scepticism. This show has grown so much over the past 10 weeks. Oh, her words. Very, very happy. Her words, not That's, ours. Uh, we're going to use that in, in, a, in a testimonial on the website. <laughs> Just uh, put that there. Tom, please, as you usually do each week, kick us off with some of the basic episode facts surrounding 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Okay, so it first did May 16, 1999. Last week we were in Season 2, the earliest we've ever reviewed an episode from. Yeah. This is actually the latest episode that we've ever reviewed so far in a long running of Not the latest episode. Episodes there were, we've there done. was about 18 years <laughs> worth of episodes after this one. So, yeah, the so called Simpsons Golden Age is said to have ended sometime in around season 10, yeah. as well as when Mike Scully took over the executive producer role. Yeah, and basically, the Simpsons Golden Age is said to be around seasons 2 to 10, and it's supposed to have ended when allegedly the Simpsons turned into less of a real life kind of thing and more into, I guess, a cartoon, like a stereotypical cartoon. We see that, like, last week, it, the episode with Mr Burns running for governor is such a politically grounded episode. It's very realistic. This one's a bit wackier and a bit more out there, but go on. Definitely. So it was written by Donnick Carr and Danny Gr- Dan Greeny. Uh, episode featured several Japanese guest stars, including George Takai from Star Trek, of yeah. course. Um, he's actually guest starred a number of times, I think four Yeah, in he's total. been in four episodes in total. So yeah, Mike Scully cited him as one of their favourite guest stars just to work with. Yeah, you do get a few other American-Japanese actors here, um, Karen Mariyama, Gere Watanabe, and uh, Mako Iwamatsu, who was actually the voice of Iroh from The Last Airbender, if you're a fan of, of other cartoons, you might know him from there. He was the voice of the battling seizure robot, which we will get to later. Yeah, I left those names to you. Yeah. I tried <laughs> pronouncing <laughs> them in the, in the run-through we go through, but <laughs> no. Uh, controversially, this episode is actually banned in Japan because Homer actually throws the Emperor into a pile of, I think the basket says sumo thongs. Yeah, which, which is, is quite a gross thing the... to be thrown into. But the, cor- the term of what the sumo wrestlers actually wear, those sashes or those those pieces are called 
mawashi, another word uh, that our audiences have learnt today. You'll be learning a lot of Japanese on the show tonight. (laughs) Oh yes, Japanese vocabulary is going up tonight. (laughs) But I guess overall, this episode, as we said, is is basically a send up of Japanese life and Japanese pop culture in a similar vein to. Bart versus Australia does with Australia, which we did review yeah. a lot earlier in the season with uh, our friend Alex. Yeah, and Michael, you normally take it from here to get the show started. Before yes, getting do. into the Japan <laughs> aspect of the episode, wanted to raise a few things in the episode that we've been talking about in other episodes previously. So we talked about Mr. Burns and his bureaucracy and capitalism. Yeah. Um, there's a nice scene in this episode, one of the oh, the first Hell scenes. Yeah, yeah, I know where you're going where, with um, this. He's shown alongside Mr. Monopoly. Really funny scene. Just like Mr. Burns and Mr. Monopoly just sitting next to each other. Yeah, we also see more of the Homer Flanders relationship not really building from anything. Yeah. But um, when the family, the Simpsons, they're strapped for cash. They're, Homer's He's lost, lost all, all the, money. the money. They got robbed by Snake. And um, <laughs> Homer breaks into Flanders' house. And Flanders is just like, Homer, you can't go breaking into our house every time you're strapped for cash, right? Yes, and that's kind of the lead up to how they get to um, Japan, I guess. Can I also just say that when the how Homer loses his finances is that when yeah, Snake robs him, but he downloads his accounts onto <laughs> yeah. a floppy disk. Yeah, <laughs> For me, that just resonated like, this is how old this episode is. This is 1999, is. right? They're still using floppy disks and they're still internet cafes. Like, there are people don't go to internet cafes no! anymore, right? But as I talked about before, I've never been to Japan. Yeah. You guys both have. Many, you've been many I, times, I Lauren. spend most of my time dreaming of going back to Japan, to be honest, but and I think Lauren does too. Is this a, on a surface level, how adequately do you think this episode actually depicts Japan culture? Oh, on a geographical level... Uh, when Lisa is looking outside her hotel room and she spots uh, the Imperial Garden, Tokyo Tower, the Meiji Shrine, and then the all Hello Kitty, all from one. Ang- I mean, those those lo- those places do exist in Tokyo, but it's really difficult to get your head around it. Just how big Tokyo is. Oh, it's just. Yeah. It's like the population of Tokyo is what? It's huge. Very big. Very, very big. It's like <laughs> pretty much the Australian population all in one city. And if you can imagine Tokyo is just, it's this, it's like a combination of like all, imagine Melbourne CBD, it's, it's but then imagine 15 of them. Yeah. And that's, that's Tokyo, but it's all these like little component parts. So in that aspect, those places do exist, but you cannot see all of those places <laughs> from one view. I wish you could, but you, you <laughs> yeah, need. lovely view. <laughs> that being said though, the way those places are actually animated in the show, they are, if you've been to those places, they, they look exactly the way they do in real life. Obviously a lot more animated and cartoony, but they are very animated. A- accurate um, depictions of what these places look like in real life. And I love the scene where t- Homer's strapped to the top of the Tokyo Tower getting electrocuted. It's like, he says something like, oh, he looks fine on the outside, but his insides are being toasted, right? <laughs> um, very, very nice. Like, as, And, you know, before I had been to Japan, I never was like, that's the Tokyo Tower. But, Tom, when we watched this episode together, as soon as it came on, I was like, oh, that's the You're Tokyo Tower. I've been there. I look like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, guys, we'll be talking so much more about Japanese popular culture in The Simpsons straight after this. It's The Yellow Family with Tom and Michael. We're talking The Simpsons episode 30 minutes over Tokyo with our guest Lauren. Lauren. Sugoi! Yeah, thank you for that. What does that mean in Japanese? Excellent. Uh, <laughs> okay, great. Um, yep, we'll allow it. Tom, you've got another fact for us to continue on our discussion of this episode. It's about one of your favourite moments. It's the battling seizure robots cartoon right. which Bart finds in the hotel. And, and first of all, let's just say on this, like, 
already the battling seizure robots. Robots are such a Japanese concept as it is, you know, Transformers, Zoids, all these like robotic kind of anime shows. And this is obviously an anime in the world of The Simpsons yeah. called Battling Seizure Robots. Sorry well, to Well, this interrupt. cartoon, it's basically, yeah, a Japanese cartoon. Bart comes across it when he's the family's settling into their hotel room, gives the whole family seizures as soon as they watch a second of it. It's based on an infamous incident involving uh, the Pokemon yeah. series. So pretty much, basically in the 90s, during the first season of Pokemon's run in Japan, an episode that translates to Electric Soldier Porygon was aired, which saw Pikachu, one of the main characters. What in, a, yeah, one of the centric well, well Pokemon characters. uses an electric attack on Porygon. It caused over 600 children to become hospitalised. Basically, he uses an electric attack that like causes flashing lights. And yeah, 600 children were hospitalised because they had seizures and like the show this, was on hiatus for this was massive the whole show months. got basically put on hiatus this episode was never translated or aired anywhere else in the world or in Japan again and the Pokemon Paragon was never allowed to have a main role on the show again just because he was the one that like was supposed think, to have caused it I feel it. that Paragon has been unfairly treated in this instance Definitely. because oh. Pikachu <laughs> Everyone loves Pikachu, but Pikachu he clearly has a dark it. side. Yeah, he initiated <laughs> this attack, caused the seizures, and then is pinning the blame on someone else. We could do a whole show about the, the perils. Justice for Porygon! Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, we've talked so much on this show about the cultural literacy and the cultural awareness of um, the writers of The Simpsons, and this is a perfect example. You know, Pokemon's still quite an obscure Japanese anime, and they've seen they've you know they've heard about this show in Japan that causes seizures and they send it up so fantastically in this episode you know the whole family's rolling on the floor having seizures Homer just joins in Homer does Homer, doing it yeah it, it, it's so good and I think <laughs> this is a really good way for us to launch into talking about the actual instances of Japanese popular culture in here and I know Lauren and I and Tom a little bit are, are huge fans of Japanese pop culture first of all Lauren do you think it's relevant slash why do you think it's relevant or important important for The Simpsons to tackle uh, or cover Japanese pop culture in this way. Mm. I think with The Simpsons, they have, like, they've parodied other countries as well. And I think Japan has this sense of mystique around it. I mean, it is just so, I don't know, mis- oh, it's so, like, interesting. And, and as you know, we've already talked about Pokemon. That was a universal phenomenon. And just all these other things that are unique to Japan, it makes it so special. It makes it so engaging for us to want to know more about it because there's nothing else like it in the world. So I think Japan is is open for for what people wanting to do an episode about it. And I think it's important to to state that The Simpsons is not they're not aiming to do a real life depiction of Japanese culture or life. Like it's, I think we right. have to admit that there is very much a Simpsons lens that we're looking through. Right. And and as I said, we saw this quite a lot with the Bart versus Australia episode which we did and it's done similarly here with Japan. This episode was actually inspired by previous instances of like little tidbits of Japanese pop culture in The Simpsons. This isn't this is not the Mr. Sparkle episode, which a lot of people think it is, but this was actually, you know, inspired by the instance of Mr. Sparkle where, you know, Homer is depicted as this like very um light bulb fish. Yeah. Fish it's, bulb. It's, a, it's a light bulb and a fish company that come together and it looks like Homer's face. And it's a very Japanese looking um depiction of Homer, would you agree? You know, he's got very big eyes and like quite a cheesy smile and I think that's, you know, the, the writers said in the commentary we wanted to do more Japanese culture. 
Just speaking of the big eyes, uh, I remember when I went over to Japan, Pudikura is like those photo booths. They're so popular in Japan. But one of the features that is now automatic in those machines is that they they enlarge your eyes. So really? Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's actually quite... It's a big trope of, of Japanese culture, isn't it? It is, but yeah. it's, it's, I don't know if it's like a sign of beauty as well, that when you, you get your, your little pictures, stickers printed, you have enormous eyes, and it's very cartoon-like. It's... Yeah. I think there's there's a lot of blurring between, I guess, reality then coming more into that cartoon fantasy world. And I think, yeah, Michael, if, if I don't know if you had instances when you were traveling in Japan, sometimes you just feel like, is this real? I feel like I've seen this in a cartoon and now I'm experiencing this in real life. Oh, totally, because so many Japanese cartoons base their, their settings in real Japanese areas. Uh, going on with the popular culture, you get a very nice reference to the, the Hello Kitty factory in oh, this. Where, um, basically, uh, the Hello Kitty company is using real cats <laughs> and turning them into Hello Kitty. Yeah, basically. and then it's just silence. silence and a big puff of black smoke. <laughs> and of, of course, a large uh, portion of this episode revolves around sending up Japanese game shows, which we've heard, you've, everyone's heard a lot about and seen wacky things from Happy it. It's Super it's, Smile Challenge Family Wish Show. Yeah, it's the it's the yeah, it's such a such a funny name. <laughs> oh, could name. this be a competition? Who can say it best? All right, so Happy Super heard... Smile Challenge Family Wish Show. Oh, I've got to find. Oh my god, it's wait. a Happy Super. No, you've got it. We can't well, do it, but. I, 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 <laughs> I absolutely love the the categories they have. It's like, now your three choices are, ow, that hurts, why are you doing this to me, and... Please let me die now. <laughs> like, and it's just such a, you know, he, he even says, Wink, who's George Takai, he says, American shows reward knowledge. We punish ignorance, right? More popular culture with the end of the episode where there's turbulence on the plane. And who, ha- what, what's the turbulence? We're having it's not some wind. Godzilla-related turbulence. It's Godzilla. Godzilla-related turbulence. Oh, there are so many bits uh, in this episode, and having rewatched it quite recently, I forgot just how much they have crammed into this episode. Yeah. You, know? you oh. were saying before, like when they fly in, you see Mount Fuji as well, and, mm. and all that kind of thing. Not not just Godzilla though. After Godzilla, they've yeah, still the got to watch out there. for Mothra, Gamera, and Rodan, who like you know it, it's sending up again. Like Japan is so monsters. known for, for these monster films and all these big over the top creatures. You know, Pokemon is, is an example of that. It's just it's such a big part of Japanese. Japanese culture for these monsters to be around the city. In fact, in Osaka, there's a big building with a Godzilla biting off the, the top. Like, it looks like Godzilla's attacking it. It's quite surreal. You know, that, that's, it's almost like Japan has, like, that sense of humour about itself. Then we, we go into sort of the way The Simpsons tackles just the Japanese culture as it is. And you sort of get this at the start when they're, they're just arriving in Japan and the pilot just sort of goes, uh, welcome to Japan, folks, where the local time is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow! <laughs> and it's exactly like that because when you go to Japan, you just you get on a flight and you're there. You, you're just there on the flight for 10 hours and then you're in Japan. It's literally it's like tomorrow. It's to Europe where you're there for... 24 hours, you spend a whole day. Yeah, and you lose a day on jet lag anyway. (laughs) Then they go to the hotel, and this is the best. It's called the the Royal Tokyo Hotel, and the banner in front of the hotel says 20% more bowing. Um, (laughs) Lauren, do you have anything to add on this? Uh, Having gone to Japan, and any time that you enter a store, you are met with these high pitched squeals of, Itashaimasu! Which is welcome, and just anytime you're looking at something, they'll just like they'll keep nodding at you, like you know. You feel like royalty, don't you? Your back gets sore from bowing back the whole time. Like you know, for them, the bow is the handshake, and you know. I've never been to Japan, 
But that hotel scene, there's a lot of things in it that I just want your opinion on. Yeah. The sliding doors. Yeah. Are they just everywhere? Sliding kind of straw <laughs> doors that Homer just <laughs> walks through. Yeah. It's like, Homer, you're supposed to slide the thing. He says, I don't have time for that or something. Also the toilet. Is Ooh, the toilet that, is that magical? It is that magical. Although, upon first using it, it can be quite daunting. There, there's just so many functions to this toilet. It has like a seat warming function. There's yeah. a bidet fountain Luxury. function. We're used to toilets with two buttons in the West, but <laughs> in Japan, the toilets probably have like Probably um, 600 They're years <laughs> ahead of us. Yeah. <laughs> Private time is is most certainly valued. Because every every other time that you are in Japan, it is you your your personal space is invaded all the time. Just in terms just because it is such a pop particularly in Tokyo, it is such a populated city, even if you're taking public transport. Like we think that the trams get crowded. The metro trams have nothing on Japan. It's like in the morning, peak hour traffic, there are people that are employed to shove people in. Like I've they, they glove themselves and then they just literally push them in. <laughs> I was physically crushed against the door and they're like, no, we've still got space. Move in, move in. I'm like, no, no, please, no, please. <laughs> um, again, like. You see a lot of Homer, Homer's kind of cultural insensitivity here, and they like he sees an ad on the TV after battling seizure robots, and it's for America Town. No, we- the toilet suggests oh, America yeah, no, Town. Sorry, yeah, the toilet suggests because the toilet talks to Homer, of course, as the toilets do. Please let me take your waste. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, American Town is just this hyper American um, restaurant where you, you get a really nice scene here where the Japanese Homer asks. Lisa asks, is there anything on the menu that's actually Japanese? And he goes, I don't know anything. I'm product of American education. I also build poor quality cars and inferior style electronics. (laughs) They've got our number. (laughs) Yeah. And first of all here, you get a notch at the Americanization of Japan. Japan. I'm not sure if you came across this in your um, journey with Japan, but like, you know, there are McDonald's everywhere. There are like Western uh, Western brands everywhere. There is a sense of Americanization, but you do get that nice dichotomy with the traditional Japanese culture as well. Absolutely. And even in this episode, when Bart and Homer go to jail after Homer has thrown the Emperor of Japan into the Sumo Mawashi skip, (laughs) they're sent to jail. But... There's, you know, their, their jail time is so civilized. They learn ikebana, they uh, which is flower arranging. It, it is, and yes. then they come out being able to speak fluent Japanese. <laughs> and I was like, that's what I've done wrong <laughs> when I've gone to Japan. But what does Homer say when he leaves the jail? He says, "I can't take another moment in this hellhole." Right? And it finishes like, off his food. Yeah. Bows to the... And then Three they geisha. they whisper. Bard and Homer whisper in Japanese. Should we tell them the secret to inner peace? And Homer's like, "No, they they don't they don't deserve it or something Foreign. like that." Foreign devils. <laughs> and and then, of course, with this waiter who's sending up American culture, you get that other beautiful thing about The Simpsons where, yes, they're taking the mickey out of Japanese culture, but at the end of the day, the butt of the joke is America. You know, it's they're always, always calling it back to America, just like in the Australia episode. You also look get a look at the sumo wrestling. Um, so basically they're taking these stereotypical, well-known Japanese things and putting a spin on them, a Simpson spin on them. Homer calls the sumo wrestler Tubby and he gets he gets yeah. upset about <laughs> it, you know. And Bart even makes a joke about the, I think he says, the sparkling whale-free yeah. seas. I love your Kentucky Fried Chicken and your whale-free seas. Yeah, <laughs> it is a very, very nice kind of send-up of all these things that the West knows about Japan on on this surface level, but also going a bit deeper and bringing it back to the satire of American culture, which is just 
what The Simpsons ends up nailing every time. Guys, we'll be back <laughs> counting down our top three moments from this episode right after this. It's The Yellow Family with Tom and Michael. Our guest Lauren has is still joining us in the studio. She hasn't yet walked out. All Japanese-themed songs tonight, but no, we are not playing I'm Turning Japanese or Domo Arigato, <laughs> Mr. Abato, for obvious reasons. Nor are we playing anything by the Japan droids, because all their songs were too long, but they're quite a well-known band. Tom, at this point of the show, we usually do one of the more fun segments on the show, I think you'd agree. One of the more fun and one of the more easy ones for us. Oh, I would definitely agree <laughs> on the more easy. Lauren, you're, just, you're about to see how, just how easy this segment can be, and it is a little segment that we like to call... And darling, I... We'll be counting down the top three moments from this week's episode. <laughs> it, is, it is the top was, three moments oh, from this week's beautiful. episode. Now, can I just say, every single time we play that sweeper, our guest of the week does like one of three things. Uh-oh. One is just <laughs> laugh hysterically at Tom for his singing. <laughs> One is give me a dirty look, then peer over at Tom disturbingly. Really? You did that. (laughs) And three is just, like, looking down at their piece of paper, trying not to comment on anything, because I think... This is what my life's led to. (laughs) (laughs) How did I get myself into this situation? Lauren and all the listeners who are new to the show, first of all, welcome. In the top three, we count down our top three moments from the episode, as is suggested by the sweeper and everything we've said already. But there are always too many quotes that are great in the episode. too difficult for us to just play the three of our favourites. Yeah. We've got to put some, just some well-known quotes from the episode. Some of the honourable mentions. You could put us that way. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And if you're all happy, we'll dive into them right now. Internet? Is that thing still around? I know a website that shows monkeys doing it. But the internet is more than a global pornography network. It's a... Come on, Lisa! Monkeys! Yeah, this last needs a bit of groundskeeping. <laughs> ah, that's Willie! We were robbed? You seem to know an awful lot about this for an innocent person. Yeah, come on, Homer! Japan! No, not Japan, Jamaica! I want to pass the duchy on the left-hand side! Welcome to Japan, folks. The local time is tomorrow. Don't ask me! I don't know anything! I am product of American education system. I also build poor quality cars and inferior style electronics. But Mr. Ambassador, how are we going to get home? Beats me. Try getting a job and earning some money. That's what I did. By the way, Ambassador's taken. Spare my life, and I will grant you free will. Ah! Then that's gonna That gives me an idea. I think we all had that idea. I didn't. What is it? Lunch? Now, Simpson family, have you picked a wish? Well, I haven't talked it over with the family, but I think we'd all like a free dinner at America Town. No, no, no! We want plane tickets home to Springfield! Our categories are, Oh, that hurts, Why are you doing this to me, and Please let me die. We'll cut you down as soon as you answer one question about Japan. Is the answer Japan? Actually, it is. So those are our honourable mentions from 30 minutes over Tokyo. Any that stand out for you guys? Because there are a lot of really funny ones there, I think. I just love George Takai's voice uh, as as the host of... Yeah. Oh, God, where, where is it? It's the... Happy Family Super Challenge Smile Funcher, whatever it's <laughs> it called. It is, but I... Well, listen, we, uh, well, early in the show, we were actually doing a competition of, like, who could say it better. And yes. I haven't, I haven't done it yet. So. Okay, go. Happy Smile Super Challenge Family Wish Show. I think that was easily the yep. best. I yes! didn't even get through it. The guests usually <laughs> do supersede us in everything we do on this show. I also, I just love that last one where it's like, you must answer one question about Japan. And Homer's just like, is the answer Japan? He's like, Actually, it is. <laughs> and he gets really angry behind the scenes. Lauren, it's not about the honourable mentions. It is about the top three. 
which is why we had the big debate over whether to just call it top three or top three in honourable mentions. Stuck with the top long, three. We couldn't fit it into the Ed Sheeran song. Yeah, so we're going to start counting down from number three, as usual. Number three. Ah, uh, folks, we're experiencing some moderate Godzilla-related turbulence at this time, so I'm going to go ahead and ask you to put your seatbelts back on. When we get to 35,000 feet, he usually does let go. So that's that's number three there. And Godzilla is literally just shaking the plane, like, so, I don't know, so viciously. Yeah. not fast. She just closes the blind. Yeah, and you see his eye. Shall we continue, guys? Absolutely. Here number we go. Two. Number two. Besides, if we want to see Japanese people, we could have gone to the zoo. Homer! What? The guy who watches the elephant is Japanese. His name is Takashi. He's in my book club. Like, Homer <laughs> just does this perfect alibi for what he's saying. He's like, what? I, I legit just mean my, my, the zookeeper is Japanese. He's in my book club. It's like Homer's in a book the club. The thought of Homer in a book club, exactly. Um, oh, I just thought of something that wasn't mentioned in the honourable moments. Oh, no. So yep. when the the air hostess comes and, you know, goes through the aisles and... Ask Bart. And, no. and Bart's playing on a, on a Game Boy and she says, oh, excuse me, sir, you must turn off all electronic devices. All right, and he's like, waitress. okay. <laughs> and then she turns it off and then the plane starts to, turn like, crash. Turn back on. Guys, we got to go to number one, our top moment from 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Drum roll, please, for Lauren. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Number one. Hey, I'm still checking out Japanese TV. Isn't this that cartoon that causes seizures? Bart, what are you doing? What the? All right. Okay, I'm gonna. I think that's about it. Yeah. And also the seizure sound effect in that. I know. <laughs> and just how Homer just joins in. He's, he's so good, guys. That's our top three moments from 30 Minutes Over Tokyo. Let us know your top three moments and the top three moments from next week's episode, Homer the Smithers, another classic episode. We've got to go to a song now, but we will be back right after this with the grand return of one of the most requested segments on this show. Can I cover a feeling? It's the Yellow Family here with Tom and Michael. Stay tuned, guys, because there is some musical genius coming up cool. straight after Pretty this. Cool. It's the Yellow Family with Tom and Michael, still joined live in the studio by Lauren Klein, our guest still of the hasn't week. Stormed out. Yeah, we're we're trying to get a storm out on the show, Lauren. What will it take, radio. guys? This segment has been missing for a very long time, but it's finally back in all its glory, and it's a little segment that we like to call... Can I cover a feeling? Could you lend me a song from the show? It's Can I Cover a Feeling. Making its triumphant return After, from week three. Yeah, we <laughs> basically did two of these where we cover original songs from The Simpsons. We covered Baby on Board, then we covered Lisa, It's Your Birthday. We then decided to take a well-needed seven-week hiatus yeah, of and the segment. Now, like, we didn't ju- Like, it was a well-deserved rest because we did... <laughs> took us a very long time to learn those songs. Then people were like, when are you doing the next one? And we were like... Crap. We uh, did not know. We um, did kind of promise that, didn't we? You have put the expectations of your audience very high, and, and we is, want you to deliver. It is finally, finally back, which is amazing. We're excited to debut this because we think we ended up doing okay, right? We did. We ended up having to record it twice. Yeah. Um, um, screwed up the camera angle on for the video on Saturday. Another technical blunder. Met up at uh, Sunday night at about 10 o'clock because I was like, Tom, <laughs> we screwed up the camera angle. We have to film it again, which was quite fun. Had a few laughs. We did. Um, but, you know, we got it done. 
after about Credit fifty takes. <laughs> <laughs> this one is for all the family members. It's it's the our cover of Monorail, which was written by Conan O'Brien from the episode Marge versus the Monorail. Um, and there is another Can I Cover a Feeling that is ready to go, but we won't be. Do- that's a, still a bit of a surprise, and we won't be debuting that for a little while. Um, but here is the the original Monorail as it went to air on The Simpsons all those years ago. Enjoy this. There's nothing on earth like a genuine, bona fide, electrified six-car monorail. What'd I say? Monorail. What's it called? Monorail. That's right, monorail. Monorail. Tom. Oh, Homer. I think you can agree. Deceptively complicated song, right? Very much. There are... The whole town is in the song, which makes it difficult for two people to... To cover, See? yeah, Tom had to reprise most of the characters. I, re- I was uh, Lyle Landley in this, yep. who's the main guy, and Tom was the people of Springfield, the chorus, I suppose you so could we say. Did a bit of a call and response song. Yeah, one of our, maybe one of our better covers, maybe one of our worst. Uh, we'll let the people decide we that. We will let the people decide. And we'll let Lauren decide that. Yeah, Lauren will be our judge. Lauren, feel free to be any judge you want. You may be the Dicko, you could be the Mark Holden, calling back to the Australian <laughs> Idol days, of course, uh, the Cyber Cow. Anyone you want. You could be the Marsha Hines, the nice judge. One of the more (laughs) favourable judges that we do hope to get. Um, But, yeah, please be the judge of whether we pass or fail. Very nervous to be about to press the button that will play this through the radio and broadcast around the state. But here is our cover of Monorail from The Simpsons. Well, sir, there's nothing on earth. I can tell you why. Let's buy six-car monorail. What's it called? Monorail. Once again. Glory, it is the our monorail cover that we we've been working on this for at least five weeks we now. Like we've you been, have, um, well, I had. Yeah, I've been I, working on a number I, of guitar chords. When I think I've got a breakthrough, I say to Tom, "Tom, come over. I'm having an epiphany here. We're <laughs> going to sing monorail." And then you come and sing monorail with me, and we have a jolly good time, and end up with a product like that, Lauren. You are our judge. You get to decide whether we pass or fail. There are no stakes, though, so like, it's not that big a deal if we fail, but we do like a pass. But, Lauren, your opinion, please. I really enjoyed it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you made it sound like you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, Liz, I was, just, I was commenting during the song while, while it was being played. I thought you two have great vocals together. Oh, you work yeah. very well. That's Those all harmonies our years in a choir together. <laughs> oh, I, so, so did I just... You, you're in a choir, 
That is uh, how we met. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> that is well, one of the cooler that... things we've done in our oh, friendship. Definitely two of the cooler kids in school being in the choir together. Um, <laughs> Badminton buddies as well. Yeah, so we, we were, you know, we were definitely the jocks at high school. But, um, yeah. Clearly. <laughs> well, I thought the acoustic version uh, definitely has its place. Uh, for a cover of feeling, we've got the, we've got the Broadway jazz hands version, which we all love and know. But listen, I think the people want to change, and you have delivered. So congratulations! Thank Amerito. you so much. <laughs> congratulations! Oh, some more Japanese. Mm. Thank you so much, Lauren. I hope I hope the listeners enjoyed that too. Family members, if you liked our cover, the video will be up in about a minute's time if I scheduled it correctly on Facebook. So go check that out at facebook.com/slash the Yellow Family. We got one more song, then we'll be finishing up. It's the Yellow Family here with Tom and Michael. It's the Yellow Family here on Sin with Tom and Michael, just about to wrap up the show where we reviewed 30 Minutes Over Tokyo with Lauren Klein. Lauren, thank you so much for coming in tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure. Doitashimashite. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> Lauren, where can people see slash hear more of your work? Yes. Well, there is an upcoming event from Sin's FBI Radio Triple R's show, All the Best. They are having a live listening party keepsakes uh and it's also an audio exhibition the live radio event will be taking place on thursday 6th of october at 7 p.m at the good room brunswick east 390 or 390 as normal people 390 as normal people would say a ligon street awesome and Tom, the 411 for next, next week, right, please. 411. Next week, we're joined in the studio live by Hayden Bleachmore. He's a radio person around here, all-round good guy as usual. And a little bit of a teaser here, we're not the first radio show he's spoken on about The Simpsons. Yes. Uh, so. In fact, two of our biggest competitors, uh, Hamish and Andy, he was uh, mm, speaking to them about The Simpsons a couple of years ago. <laughs> Hayden has chosen Homer the Smithers, a classic episode where Mr. Smithers goes on holidays and leaves his job up to Homer. So definitely tune in next week. Same time, same place as usual. We'll also see the return of another classic segment on the show, Wake Me Up When The Simpsons Ends. So get excited. Lauren, did you have a good time on the show? I absolutely did. This awesome. was very fun. Again, the guests That's never say no. Yeah, <laughs> luckily, none of the guests have said no. Guys, that is about all we've got time for on the show tonight. Don't forget you can follow us at Facebook at facebook.com slash the Yellow Family for anything you may have missed. The Can I Cover a Feeling video will be up there very soon, as well as a lot of other promo videos and Simpsons videos. The podcast will also be up shortly. You can catch us on iTunes by searching The Yellow Family or on any good podcasting app. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, preferably five stars, of course, and go and like our Facebook page. Yeah, it really helps us out. Guys, it's been The Yellow Family on Sin with Tom and Michael. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night. (laughs) 